This is where the fun begins. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Can't lose! King Kong ain't got shit on me! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Say my name. And here we go. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Grab your snacks. Get the popcorn ready. It's about to get realish. I'm excited to be back and joined by my guys once again. On my left, we have the podfather himself, Derek Myers. And then, of course, we are being joined by one of the OGs of this realish game. My guy, Matthew Tirado. How's it going, boys? How's it feel to be back in Realish in 2024? Yeah, feels great, bro. Yeah. Great to see you guys. It feels like it feels like, uh, feels like it's been a second uh, since we've recorded. So it's great to see you guys and Happy New Year, obviously. Yeah. No, man. It's like it feels great. Um, like I said, I was I'm so looking forward to to doing this again with you guys. And uh, you know, to Derek's point, it's been it's been a hot minute, and I'm just. I'm I'm so so excited to to begin back into the swing of things again. To be talking about you know movies that we we have a chance to watch and all that kind of stuff. So love you guys, man, and I'm just looking forward to another great episode to start yeah. out the, to kick out the new year. You know, um, I love it. Starting to show all beautiful, just a warm embrace. It's only right that we kick off 2024 with immaculate vibes but with all that being said i just really excited to introduce the show today we're going to be taking a look back at 2023 talking about some of our favorite movies and tv shows that we watched last year and then of course looking ahead to 2024 at some projects that we're really excited to talk about um and then finally we'll dig into our feature presentation which is one that i am very excited to talk about not because i'm um I'm I'm sure how the discussion's going to go, but excited nonetheless. We're going to be covering Rebel Moon Part 1, um, so really excited to get into that as well. But before, it's only right that we bore you with a little bit more pleasantries, but we got to let you guys know how you can find us, right? So first and foremost, make sure you're following the brand at OTS Media Co. on all social media platforms. Um, OTS Media Co. on YouTube as well. Make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure that you're getting that notification bell ding so that whenever we're posting our awesome shows, you're getting notified. It's going to sent right to you. Uh, but you can also find me at Negron MMA on Twitter as well as TikTok. Really excited to get back in the swing of things with that MMA production side of things as well as uh, the sideline guys in general. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, and Derek, why don't you let the people know where they can find you? Yes, sir. You can follow me at Derek underscore OTS. That's D-E-R-R-I-C-K. Black way to spell it. Don't ever get it wrong, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and Matt, where can they find you? Yeah, of course. You can find me over on Instagram, Matt underscore T29. Awesome. And so make sure you plug in. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that is my New Year's resolution. I'm going to be diving deep into Facebook. Uh, these first two weeks of the year are going to be very hectic, but I promise this is not falling on deaf ears. We're going to get into the Facebook yeah. group and we're going to make some waves, yes. God damn it, because uh, you guys are having too much fun in there without me. I just got to I just got to yeah. say, but yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, 
I'm throwing yes. to you first because I'm really excited to hear what is the project that you feel deserves the attention of the masses from 2023 that you enjoy the most? Man, um, that's a tough one. I think, I think if we're, if we're going the TV route, I would have to say Barry, uh, season four, or just Barry in general. So this past year, the final season came out, I think, I want to say back in April, April or May-ish, so springtime, um, it sort of marked the conclusion of what I thought to be a very phenomenal television series and arguably one of the best that, that I've ever seen. Um, and my favorite, like, way of getting people to try and watch the show is by telling them that it's about a hitman who wants to become an actor because that's literally the premise for the first two seasons and then it ends up becoming this ultra-dark, um, you know, character, you know, drama, um, you know, so it's very, it has a very interesting duality in that respect. Season one and two is very, you know, comedic. Season three and four still has those comedic elements, but it's done with an even more darker tone uh, than the previous two. And I just think, um, you know, the way Bill Hader, you know, carried himself as a director and a lead actor was nothing short of amazing. And I think that, you know, in due time, when he's given the opportunity to direct uh, a movie, if, and I imagine he's going to do so very soon, um, I'll be the first one sitting sitting in that theater because he is a phenomenal director on top of being a phenomenal actor as well. So, yeah, I'll say Barry for sure. That is awesome. I remember you recommending this to us too. I really need to check it out because honestly, I haven't really caught any buzz about it anywhere else. So it's one of those shows that are still kind of fresh for me, uh, which I'm yeah. always excited to dive into. So great shout on Barry. Derek, throw it to you now, man. What's What falls into this 2023 best category for you? Man, quite honestly, I think um, the few, few things that uh, come to mind um mainly uh the last of us i cannot begin to tell you how how much i felt with that show like just as much as i did when i played the game uh well both games but um mainly the first season being the first game it 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 just it brought back so many like uh uh experiences and 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 memories from the game that uh made me want to go play the game again which i played the second one tw uh twice already i'm trying to not play it a third time but i'm gonna wait till season two comes out to do that um but season season one was just amazing um and i think uh as well i have to say that um a film that i don't think a lot of people are gonna really talk about but i think they should if you guys uh didn't watch leo on Netflix, you have to. You guys know I'm really big on animated films, right? And this one was uh, actually um, done by Adam Sandler, which uh, was it was amazing. He played a, a lizard uh, in a school classroom. That's that's mm -hmm. all I'm gonna say about it. It was he was he was a class pet, and it was it was a great story that that just pulled you in from the jump. So. I thought that was um a very good uh very good movie that I I actually wouldn't mind seeing more animated films from him to be honest. I think that was one that um was very intriguing. 
Thank you. Thank you, Derek. I really like that. I, I saw a bunch of ads for that movie as well. Uh, definitely haven't gotten a chance or found an excuse, right? I feel like with certain movies like that, I'm like, damn, <laughs> I need to watch this with my girl or something, right? Like, I can't I can't just watch this by myself. Uh, yes, but de definitely. Oh, really? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Swear on everything. You really can't because it's not one of those shows like, I mean, movies. It's not a movie that um, makes you feel as if um, it's like childish or anything like that. It's just one of those movies uh, uh, that, that, you can just enjoy, like you can enjoy by yourself. I watched it with with Mariah, um, but you can easily watch it by yourself. It, it was a great movie. Awesome, awesome. Movie. I'll definitely be looking to check that out. I just want to say, you took my thunder here, man. If there's anything that this segment has taught me <laughs> is that I need to be much more diligent and actually watching new things, right? Because I feel like <laughs> yes. the majority of the time, I'm either watching <laughs> old things that I've been hearing about, right? Uh, that I just haven't gotten to get around to, or um, I'm watching new things and then I'm realizing how oh, shit dude, these guys took my thunder. They already said what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just to give that double shout out, I just gotta say, The Last of Us. It was very anticipated by me, considering um, being around the the video game series and uh, looking forward to it. And honestly, it really exceeded my expectations as far as a yeah. TV show adaptation and what could be done. Right? Because. Um, you, 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 nothing worse than uh, having media sort of take away from things that you love uh, to, to watch that experience and really feel like um, it was another supplementary, um, really cool section of media next to the, the video game series instead of uh, me looking at it almost in spite, like, ah, oh, they, they ruined it for me. Right. So right, um, right. I love, I love that there was some key differences, uh, but also it's still very true to the video game. So that would be my pick for 2023, the last of us just kicking ass and taking names, but given that I've got a repeat, it's only right that I start off our discussion looking forward, right. To 2024. Um, there's a lot of different, so many different directions we could take this. Right. Um, but I'm going to give two little shout outs. One, um that i'm actually pretty excited about and then the other uh which plays into my fandom right so i'll start mad max right furiosa we get we're getting a new installment <laughs> in the mad max series yeah. i'm very excited for it i feel like um some of my formative moments as a filmmaker uh mm -hmm. happened around when mad max first released and sort of being a part of that looking at it as a filmmaker right and and digesting it so really excited for the next uh installment in that series and then another one that uh once again speaks to my fandom here um i'm going with the roadhouse remake this is the third try now yes uh, where they're yeah. trying to remake this movie and um in general i'm not a fan of of the remake culture right but yeah. um yeah. saw the actual recording with Jake Gyllenhaal during a UFC event, right? They actually showed oh, yeah. some snippets of it um, yeah. during the event. The dude looked in absolute phenomenal shape for the part. And the actual yeah. fight scene um, actually played out looking pretty cool, too. So I'm interested to see how that all comes to bear actually on the screen. Uh, but uh, one of those films that I'm hoping is really good, but... Uh, not too sure it's going to live up to expectations in that way. But uh, those are two big projects I'm looking forward to 2024. Derek, why don't you let us know? How you feeling about 2024? 2024 is going to be big, man. Um, one of the movies I'm really excited about uh, is Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. That's one that um, that 
Planet of the Apes series has been phenomenal. And y'all y'all saw the last one, right? I didn't want to say anything if it ruined anything for you guys. <laughs> Did you guys see the last one? Yep. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, I forgot Caesar died. <laughs> so How dare you. I How was literally you? sitting here. I saw, I saw the the, <laughs> the promo for it. I said, "Wait, wait, wait! Caesar's got a pet. Like, <laughs> what is going on here?" And then uh, Jonathan was like, "Hey man, I hate to break it to you, but that ain't Caesar." And then I rem- I remember I was like, "Oh snap! Yeah, he's he's dead or gone." So <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing the new story that's coming out um, for for this movie because I want to see if um, if they're going to be able to make a whole new trilogy for it i'm i'm kind of curious as to where the what the direction uh they're going in with this one um there was an uh there was another one i can't i forgot what it was um what it was oh a quiet place a quiet place is coming out um later on this in this summer so I, that one's gonna be really good um but yeah i think uh deadpool deadpool 3 that's the other one i'd say I'm looking forward to a lot of films coming out this year. Actually, and uh, season two, House of the Dragon. That one oh. is mm. man. When I tell you, I am too, I am too pumped. I'm about to go ahead and um, I think it comes out this summer. So I'm trying to like uh, 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 schedule it to where I can watch season one right before season two comes out, so I can get re- the refresher. And and actually dive back into the the, the story, um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to that movie that that series coming back. Uh, that's that was, I said, I thought with just being one season, House of the Dragon is already better than Game of Thrones, so I think that they'll be able to live up to that because my ex, my anticipation is that they're they're not going to make the same mistakes with this series as they did with Game of Thrones, which was to rush. The last what season or two of the story pacing none of it made sense so i'm assuming uh that they're going to go and do that one the right way and actually give us a, a project that's that's worth um uh watching because the last part of game of thrones was just horrible so i'm, I'm looking forward to that and if I can anger you, just a reminder that the showrunners were were greenlit to have uh 10 seasons and they declined so just right. wanna throw good. that throw that out there. So good, good. Well, see, and that's the thing. I don't. I think we're in a day and age where we don't need ten seasons of a show. If you the, at max do five, I think you're good, because it allows you to actually pace your story and not uh, uh let it get saturated. Like for example, I don't think The Last of Us is going to be more than four seasons. Because I'm assuming that um you're going to bring on the uh, part two of the game. Uh, for season two and you're gonna probably chop that into two or three seasons and then after that we'll see what happens if if the last of us three comes out as a game uh then maybe they'll do the the, the series with that uh, or launch it coinciding with it but i wouldn't mind seeing them not do too much just all you need is just three or four seasons five max of, of a series you're good so if, as long as they're they're not going to do 10 I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. Well, I meant for Game of Thrones. For Game of Thrones, HBO oh. approached them. Yeah, for Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Game of Thrones approached them. Yeah, yeah. House of Dragon. Okay. Yeah, you know you're all good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Then never mind. That was a that was a useless rant. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, we're you're all good. That, that you're looking forward to. Yeah, I think so. I do want to go back because I just remember there was one movie I wanted to shout out, and that was uh, Godzilla minus zero, um, okay. which is made with a fifteen million dollar budget around there, and I kid you not, it is it's easily the best Godzilla movie ever made. Um, really? Yeah. What what the director accomplished with so little money? um was astonishing to me um if you were to told me that was a 100 million dollar blockbuster i would have believed you because nothing about the way that film was crafted suggested that it was less than that amount of money you know Mm. um and i think what that movie does far better than the typical Godzilla movies is that they actually give depth to the human characters you know um and having it be set during world war ii where you sort of have the main character going to this inner conflict. I don't want to like give away too much, but he's going to this like inner conflict and sort of wondering, you know, like what his places places in the world, having regrets over his past decisions, things of that nature, sort of like him going out of the way to sort of sacrifice himself potentially for the greater good, all that sorts of stuff. But then the surrounding class is obviously very, you know, funny. They bring like really good energy. The cast, main cast, had energy, had really good chemistry, and um, yeah, it was really great. And also, that was like one of the few uh, foreign films I've seen uh, this past year as well. Uh, so it was refreshing to sort of, um, you know, watch something that didn't release in the United States because it's a rarity for for it to have as wide of a theatrical release as it did. Um, and yeah, just a really remarkable movie that uh, if it does drop on streaming at some point, I would, I would definitely uh, recommend it because uh definitely deserves his praise. And um, yeah, so I definitely want to mention that. And then I How think... How did you watch it, if you, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. Uh, Actually, Regal had it oh. for a little while. Um, I, I was walking through... I forgot what movie I watched. Um, and honestly, I can't remember which one it was. But... I um I was walking out of there and then I just saw on the poster that like it was like showing. I was like, oh that's interesting. And then um I ended up seeing it like a week or two later. Um because a friend of mine wanted to wanted to go see it. Um I was like, Yeah, cool, let's go. And then we had a we had a blast. We were like utterly shocked at how good it was, you know. Um so yeah. Awesome. I'm glad too you sh- you shielded yourself from telling the truth about how you went and saw multiple movies at the same time with the same ticket. I, I love it. Uh, you you got to make you got to make it look better for the show, goddammit. But uh, uh, really cool that they, like you said that they showed it in theaters here in in America. I, I haven't even heard of it to be honest. So yeah. I, I want to check it out. Yeah, for sure. And then I think um going forward into 2024, I honestly can't think of any movies that are coming out in 2024. To be totally honest with you, and maybe this—that's just to my ignorance, and maybe it's because like, because I think studios have a tendency to like, and this isn't a bad thing, but they always say, "Oh, like this movie is gonna release in like November twenty twenty four." I guarantee you, I'm not gonna find out you even said that until like a month before you put a trailer out. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but just going off of a uh, recent memory, there are two shows on uh, Amazon Prime that are coming out uh, this year. The first was Mr. and Mrs. Smith with uh, Donald Glover, who's also executive producing. So it's a remake, yeah. remake-ish of um, the Brad Smith, Angelina Jolie movie. 
Um, and I think it has a chance of being significantly better because one, given the television format, uh, they actually have Sarah Paulson, Paul Dano, and I think a couple other very recognizable actors uh, who, are, who are in there. And then, I don't know, the, the premise is very entertaining. And then I think the, the lead actress, I think, has been an executive producer and a writer for a very long time. So I think um, it'll, make, it'll lend itself to being a very, you know, good watch, I imagine. And then the other one was a Fallout. So it's the adaptation of the Fallout video game. And I think given that it's uh, being overseen by the showrunner of um, Jonathan Nolan, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously they had the main creator of the game back behind it. The entire premise lends itself to being a very sort of um, weird, zany, but entertaining experience with a good cast of compelling characters, I think. Um, and the first trailer was really great too. Um, gave us some throwback music and it's also set like 200 years after nukes dropped down on the entire world. So I think that premise alone is um, is inviting for anybody who, you know, wants uh, a sci-fi-esque show with, you know, crazy stuff happening, you know. So it uh, should be a very uh, great show, I-, I think. I never played Awesome, man. Games. Just to feed off of that real quick, too. I think the Borderlands movie is also coming out, too. So another... Yeah. Uh, oh, video yeah. game movie uh, to look forward to, and then there was one more too, and now I just fucking completely forgot. I'm just a terrible human being. The Wicked, they're making a Wicked movie based off of um, I'm I'm sure the screenplay. So I'm interested to see. Oh, I, I actually yeah. got the chance to go to see Wicked this past year, uh, so oh, nice. kind of refreshing the timing there. Uh, Going to be able to see that film and and see how it stacks up, right? So. Uh, a little honorable mention had to throw it in there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry and, about and, that, Derek. No, no, no. You're good. I haven't seen it, so I don't, I don't know. I don't have any like connection to it, so I gotta yeah. check that out. And see, Chris, that's exactly why I'm glad you said that because they <laughs> announced it like at the beginning of last year, and I had no idea it was coming out until you did. <laughs> <until> you just <laughs> until you said that it was. So they probably forgot um, too. Yeah, they they yeah, probably yeah, yeah. forgot too. It's like, oh man, we're we're that's right. <laughs> Where'd that 200 mil go to? Oh man, yeah, we gotta start marketing this thing. Yeah. Gotta get that, <laughs> gotta get that money back. Yeah, that strike <laughs> messed a lot of things up. Um, another, I want to actually throw out a couple of honorable mentions as well. Um, I'm intrigued. Not sure that I'm really looking forward to it, but I'm intrigued by Craven the Hunter, because my hope is that my hope for the film was that he was going to be like a bigger. Uh, 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 guy, and it doesn't look like he's. He looks like you know he just finished doing Taibo or something. Like he just he looks mad slim as for Craven, and it doesn't feel like the Craven in like let's say Spider Man Two the game or mm-hmm. even like in the comic book. So I'm intrigued to see how they're gonna actually um uh, uh shoot that uh film. But that and then Joker, Joker uh too. So that's another one. And and Mufasa. So those those are the films I'm really looking forward to as well. See, this is why I'm glad we had these conversations because again, I literally forgot like half of these movies were coming out. But it also goes to show that we have a, I mean, a bunch coming out within. Oh yeah. Really, a few months of each other too. So, yeah. I'll keep us busy. And then, there was one movie I literally had on the back of my mind. I I totally forgot. Um. Yeah, never mind. 
It'll probably come back to me after we get to the next segment. But that's all right. Um, <laughs> no worries. That's all, well, there's no better time, right? There's no better time yes. to look forward. Uh, shout, shout out to you guys. Uh, a lot of things that I wasn't even aware of uh, that I now have my, on my radar. Uh, but it's only right now that we pivot and move in to our featured presentation for the night. Once again, we have uh, Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. Why don't you take us away, Matt? Why don't you tell us a quick synopsis of what Rebel Moon is all about? Yeah, sure. Um, if this beautiful IMDP page will be cooperative, I'll happily read off its synopsis. So, um, when a peaceful set settlement on the edge of a distant moon finds itself threatened by the armies of, of a tyrannical ruling force, a mysterious stranger living among his village villagers becomes their best hope for survival. And it stars none other than Sophia Butella, um, Charlie Hunnam, and a number of uh, surprisingly, again, very recognizable actors who have uh, collaborated with Zack Snyder in the past as well. And um, yeah, I think no uh, no better way to uh, give our opinions than to ask the most obvious question: What were your thoughts about the movies, my friends? What, what were your what were your thoughts? Where you leaning? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it? Are you looking okay. forward to part so two? So I I am gonna force myself to be first here because it seems like I'm the only one that kind of enjoyed this movie. Um, <laughs> so. I thought overall this movie did something that we talk about a lot on this show that we don't like, right? Which is uh, telling me, right? Instead of showing me. Uh, this mm -hmm. this film did a lot of that, which obviously we don't like. Uh, but I thought it had some redeeming qualities. I thought obviously following Cora's character from the start and getting to know more about her, um, she is the most interesting thing in this entire film, if you ask me. Um, and I still feel like I don't adequately understand who she is or what uh what she has been through uh but she has told us that whatever it is she will not be able to love again um which is bullshit because she was kind of feeling on um <laughs> on my guy gunner and and also um yeah what what why was i gonna call him king what, what was his name the the guy that ends up betraying them at the end what is it what is his name uh, kai uh, Kai, yes, Kai. King Kai. That's yeah. why I call him that. DBZ yeah. references, goddammit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> just as far as, like, the flow of the movie itself, I thought I enjoyed the fact that this obviously is set with some futuristic undertones, right? We're, we're talking about uh, intergalactic space travel here. Um, but they didn't lean into that overtly um, as a crutch almost. Um, obviously, there was a lot of cool world building in different areas, different parts of the galaxy that were shown to us uh, that were very distinct, right? That didn't feel like they were a part of the same world, so to speak, which I thought they did a good job of. Um, I thought also sort of getting to that moment of sort of recruitment, right? This kind of felt very much like a let's get the band together movie, right? We got to, mm -hmm. we got to get the band mm -hmm. together so we could go, um, uh, embark on our final mission here. Um, I thought each one of those little uh, side quests, right, uh, put us in a really cool spot to learn a little bit more about um, the what we're actually going up against, right? What what core is actually facing? Um, 
uh, alongside uh, this new home planet that she's living on. But I just really didn't like how, once again, how vague everything's kind of feels, right? Like, I feel like even having watched the full film, I can't really explain it very well just because um, we're, we're very much so thrown into the middle of um, basically this planet's government being overthrown right as soon as the movie starts um and that part i thought was pretty self-explanatory it's all gunner's fault that the guy died i'm just saying gunner you had to open your fucking mouth right (laughs) i I mean we're going to end up there at some point right you could kind of feel the tension building to that um but i thought noble as a villain wasn't even particularly kind of like scary necessarily right like or um right it didn't necessarily make me feel like um he was a threat in its own in his own right it was more so uh the entire forces behind him right the huge mothership mm-hmm. that he comes uh comes to war with god damn it um yeah. but overall i just feel like as a concept like that's what i really enjoyed about this film like i thought the concept of it was very cool um i thought the way that information was given wasn't necessarily the best i feel like there's a lot of characters that our main characters, right? Uh, that I still don't really have an understanding of how they ended up in this situation or like why they ended up in this situation. And um, I'm going to be honest here about my ignorance. I'm not sure if this uh, series is like an adaptation of a book or something like that. I'm not necessarily sure. Uh, but to me, it kind of felt like if, if this was part one of a two-parter series, um, we why don't why didn't we just kind of like change the order of the way we did this and make it into one movie like i i feel like the majority of this first movie was hey let's do this side quest so that we can do this side quest so that we can be ready to fight the main opposition and then that battle we were looking forward to we get but it's not even the way we thought we were going to get it right it turns out um, that Kai was uh, a piece of shit, which funny enough, as soon as that happened, right? As soon as <laughs> that bar scene took place, I already knew that this guy was not to be trusted, but Hey, let's just follow this dude out the bar. Right. Why not? Yeah. Um, but w- once again, clearly there's a lot of negative aspects that I'm sure we're going to get to in world building really made me question and look forward to learning a lot of information, right? Especially about like, for example, um, the, the King's forces who have passed away, right? The robots that, that exist in this world, their role in society and how it has changed over time. Like that's a storyline I'm actually invested in that. I thought just based on how cool those moments were, would have been a bigger part of this first film. Right. So, um, if anything, the good parts of this film made me really crave other stuff, right? Made me wish that they did things a little differently. Um, but overall, um, I I didn't leave this outraged as I have uh, in some other movies that we have watched. But I'll throw to whoever's ready to, to catch it on this one. I thought overall Rebel Moon, uh, a very solid film, a film that visually did the damn job. Like we could just say that. Um, storytelling wise, uh, we need some goddamn help, but I- I'll let you guys take it away from yeah. there. I think, um, so 
this is like a so this is purely like a Zach this is a Zack Snyder original idea. Um everything. So I think that is his that is the movie's greatest weakness is that Snyder is notorious for having flashy visuals and interesting ideas but having poor execution. Um it is something that in my opinion he just hasn't been able to overcome and I honestly think that whether it be this movie, or even you can reflect back on some of his other works, if he had just given that script writing opportunity to someone who knows how to put together stories, who knows how to craft interesting characters, then we'd be talking about not not just a movie, right? We'd be talking about a really great movie that can't compete with the likes of, you know, similar ones in this genre. But I think this reflecting back, like the movie is just so generic and unfulfilling and it's funny you mentioned sort of like the game like getting getting the band together and you know you think about something like the magnificent seven um in all those movies right where each of those characters have a unique skill right and they're put to use in this movie we go from a new person to another person to another person and then to another person and we never see their respective abilities used in combat like in the final confrontation scene with the main villain they're all just either shooting at the soldiers or the swordswoman just pull out her sword and kill two people you know and when you're and Korra as a character I think has a chance to be compelling but when she delivers all of her backstory in expositional dialogue it's hard for me as an audience member to actually necessarily care what she's going through like if this first movie was about her being a soldier of the mother the mother world and then realizing hey you know being daughter to this madman i need to find a way to st- you know step up to him and find a way to rebel against what my father has created and what my father has done to planets across the entire galaxy. I think that would creep into part two and then a part three, if anything. And to your point, Chris, like this movie is just being told in the weirdest order. Like if it was building up to that climactic battle instead of a battle where most obviously, because as again, as an audience member, we knew a part two was coming out. So when the villain dies in the end, like very obvious that he was going to return in some capacity. And I just think that even the way he went about dying was just idiotic. Like, why wouldn't you just like smash his head in like he did Sindri in the beginning of the movie to confirm that he's gone, you know? And even if he dies in that way, the next movie would still end up being about her father swooping in to locate her, you know? And there are just a lot of, like, really, like, illogical moments in the movie as well. Like, in the beginning where, obviously, Korra um, saves that girl um, in the barn. And then, obviously, she kills she kills all of them, everything like that. So that's not, like, the illogical part. But the illogical part is, like, I'm assuming they'd have to be in communication with the mother world to inform them about how their progress is going. Like, hey, like, are the villagers doing their task and you know growing these crops 
so that we can you know protect them like it's a partnership not really a partnership they're like really do- basically dominating them right telling them you have to do this otherwise you know we're going to destroy everything but like in hindsight, you still have to communicate with them. Hey, how's progress going? Do you have enough supplies? Stuff like that. So I think the moment those people die, like when have the mother world has been very suspicious that none of their men are communicating with them and to send troops down to see what went down. And then obviously like, hey, they're not here. Okay, it's very clear nothing's going to happen. So I don't know. It's just the movie was just, it was ge- generically bad. And I don't know. I was just kind of disappointed with with the experience because going in, like knowing what Snyder has obviously went through on a personal, professional level. You know, I'm someone who wants to support him, and obviously, I respect anybody who wants to make an original idea. Um, but judging it solely on the merits of the movie, it's very clear that it just, in my opinion, it just wasn't a a very good one in the end. So, yeah. Real quick before I l- I let you hop in here, Derek, I just also wanted to mention. I actually thought that that part at the end, as far as we see them arriving right in the general area, but we don't see them actually get back. I think that was really cool because it could lead to some explanation. Now, once again, I'm hoping for something here, right? Mm -hmm. I'm hoping for them to maybe get there and find, oh, shit, they did actually come here already before we got back. Um, But once again, kind of unlikely considering that battle with Noble as well there. Um, but I like the 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 room, right? Like setting up for these potential things. Um, once again, when you have uh, unlimited uh, sort of uh, thoughts and ideas of how these different ways could go, it's like, okay, well, if you set it up that way and we're not actually seeing them fully arrive, that's really cool. But I didn't like that in that same vein, they actually showed Noble being revived um, first of all, I, I thought it was really weird that they, they never really gave an explanation of what the fuck is going on with Noble. We got the, uh, we got the, the battery chargers, right. Going into the sides here. <laughs> yeah, and then we have yeah. the snake thing. Like, I don't know what yeah. to make of any of that. Right. Uh, but the same way I enjoyed them arriving and not necessarily getting back to camp yet. I really disliked the fact that we already all knew that probably Noble was going to be alive and we saw him not only resurrected, but also as a point of, once again, as a point of exposition to say, oh, yeah, actually, that is my daughter. And I am the king of this uh, realm that everyone hates because we are imperialistic fucks. Right. So um, once again, just speaking to these different dynamics, yeah. uh, when you have all these moments where it's like, oh, you could have did this, you could have did that. I think uh, we're, we're drawing at straws to try to find a way to save this. <laughs> uh, but I, I'll let Derek take over with that thought. So <laughs> my biggest problem with this movie um, is something you guys didn't even bring up. How is it that this, how is it that Cora, as a girl, as a child, watched her family and planet get destroyed and yet uh, is taken to, to, to live with this commander? and is adopted by him and and legitimately like ingratiates herself into their society I, like i get the the survival's men, uh, survivor's mentality type thing that but that was so weird because you're talking about a child that wasn't like too young to remember what happened she desperately like wants some type of closure i guess for that point of her life but at the same time 
did nothing to avenge her family's death or the 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 destruction of her mm-hmm. planet. That part for me, like when I, when they when they revealed that part of it, I was thrown because I know how like how I would have approached it if I watched my planet get destroyed. You know what I'm saying? As a young child, I see yeah. my family. You see what I'm saying? Like that made no sense to me. So from that point on, I was already thrown off. Um, but yeah, I, I like one of my that that was one of my biggest issues with it. But another problem that I had with it was that this kind of like, and you spoke about it uh, earlier, Matt. But the 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 storytelling that Zach does not do with his movies is just kind of like, come on, Matt. Like I gave him a pass with the whole Justice League, right? Cause it's you, you're 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 doing an adaptation from material that's there. You should be able to build from that and 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 be able to create this world and that that everyone loves, right? It's not that hard of a of a task, which he did. He did a great job. His the Snyder cut was amazing. But when you're starting a a a, a story from scratch, what is like? You can't be all over the place like this. And it, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me, and I hate taking shots at him almost at every point <laughs> that I can, but this felt very Tyler Perry-esque. It was, it was like... Did not expect I, that one. I, oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> but it felt like that because his he has the same issue where the story just... it, it Like, you see the, the, the potential with it, but because there's nobody else that's like in the room to help develop the story it's like it falls flat because there's 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 not enough perspectives and um not you know you, you do too much with certain characters we're, we're 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 staying in one place too much right too long i should say um that's what i felt with this that that, that was the the same thing i kind of uh uh experienced with this film and i i think it kind of like it followed the whole um timeline of a of 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 an action film right like we're we're more so paying attention to the action sequences and the storytelling of the film is not there and i actually thought something was going on with my because i watched it on my computer i thought something was going on with my computer why the hell was this so blurry i had to actually look it up because i was like this, this it doesn't make any sense that that this movie is blurry right no, that was a style he wanted. He wanted he wanted a distorted retro look, um, using the anamorphic lens and all that other stuff. And it just like it 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 doesn't it didn't lend itself any justice because when you're talking about uh, a day and age where you're watching films on 4K TVs or 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 screens what are you doing like you're not taking advantage of the technology there that i think also would have added more character to to the action sequences i'm gonna be completely honest nothing about those action action sequences made me feel like oh this this is mind-blowing even if the story wasn't good the whole um, i forgot the name that one character but the guy that was um that was breaking that that uh that animal in or training that animal type thing to get out of his to rock. His deal. Yeah. Yes. When when whatever that bird was dropped him dropped him off quote unquote onto that that um, uh, cliffside. 
he starts running. Was that not the slowest action run you've seen outside of the rock? It was on purpose though, right? Like it was it was slow mo, right? So to here's show the thing. that the slow motion, yes, I get. The slow motion technique, I get. The execution the, was not yeah. there. The build up to the slow motion was It's like he ran yeah. knowing it was supposed to be was, slow motion. It slow so, motion. And, and you wanna know what's crazy? That happens a lot. At the end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The uh what's his name? Blood Axe, I think his name was. Which yeah. I didn't realize this was Ray Fisher. I didn't. This is Cyborg from Justice League. I didn't realize that it was him until I watched, looked at the IMDb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that was him. But his run up that um that crane or whatever that was, it's like it's like Zach told him, "Hey, I need you to run like this, so we can capture all of this the the cinematic build behind you from the uh, you know the, every every angle." They shot three angles of him running. That is the weirdest thing I have ever seen with an action sequence. I, I I don't get it. I don't understand. Like it's everything was laid out for Zach in this movie. Everything. You had the you had the cast. You had the 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 um the budget. Clearly. Clearly. What happened? Nothing about this movie made me say here like I need to see part two. Yeah, if anything, probably made you say the opposite. (laughs) I I was like, yeah, (laughs) y'all catch me up on it. That was that was a horrible, (laughs) horrible execution. That I thought the again, it was everything was there, everything was there, like for him to execute this beautifully, and I didn't get that with this. And you can't say we need a Snyder cut. You can't say that. And you know what? There, I'm so there are a lot of like a lot of great points you brought up, and um, just to go off of, of that one, um, he he said there's going to be an R-rated director's cut that's three hours long, but my oh frustration with that and <laughs> and those who sort of defend that um approaches, why would you purposely release an inferior version of your movie? You know what I mean? Like I've never heard right. a director's cut is usually when a director goes back, looks at you know, uh, looks back at the main release and says, Let, "Let's see what ha- let's improve on some of this elements, strip some scenes down." You, right. you know what I mean? Like a lot of the times, like director's cuts are usually are technically made after assembly cuts. Like assembly cuts right. are usually depending on the the scale of the project, you're looking at four to five hours. Director's cuts are usually you know, you get turned down to three, depending on you know, if you feel like you have everything. And then the studio comes in and says, hey, we have a mandate of two and a half hours. Fix it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So he has his director's cut made. You know what I mean? And he technically secured that R rating. So why would you, again, release a two-hour version of of that? And I think also... Even during the action sequences, you can tell the camera cuts away way too fast. Way and too I honestly think know. that he had the R rate R rating in mind. So my only assumption is that because he went through with that uh, approach, Netflix told him, "Hey, you know what? If you're doing that, make it PG thirteen, and then you can do whatever you want for in your director's cut. You make it R rated or whatever the case may be." But I don't know. It was just, and the action sequences too, the use of slow motion was so, there were times where like, I literally was saying, 
in the back of my mind like we're come on slow motion and there yeah. you go they're using it and they're using it again and it's just like have everything be in real time yeah. I, I i'm not opposed to the use of slow motion but when it's done as much to use it in this movie like the most unnecessary one was when she flipped that guy in the bar i'm like why are you doing yeah. it yeah don't do yeah. slow motion there just yeah use it in full speed you know and i don't know it it, it feels like it was like, hey, I want to be cool. You want those cool slow motion. People are going to love this. You know, I really don't think there was like a, <laughs> there's no narrative reason for slow motion. You know what I mean? It maybe is meant to sort of like to literally slow things down so that as an audience, we can digest it. But a lot of what Snyder was doing and you brought up in the action sequences, it's not like the action sequences were too, they weren't really engaging because one, I don't, I didn't necessarily care for the characters themselves, but then two, it was a lot of just like people standing still a lot of just like even like the spider scene like the spider design was really cool the spider lady that was a really cool design but she's in there for like two seconds and then she's just like this you know it's just i don't know the 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 choreography was kind of ge- generic was you know what trash. I mean? it was, was just trying trash. to fit so much in right yeah. and yeah. trying to and in trying to do that like everything felt surface level like everything right. felt like I don't have an actual true understanding of why this would be important, but somehow they wanted that weight to still exist. And it just, it just didn't. Um, I think what, once again, cause I'm the only one that feels this way. I think what made it sort of redeemable for me at least was in keeping with the entire sort of flow of the film. Once we got to the part where, um, Kai throws them over and like there was a real element here right and then all of that gets taken away the second right after uh when we see oh yeah well actually uh we could figure this out right here because you would think everyone is there with their guns ready uh when gunner pulled out that little reversal uh, he would have got blasted, but no, not at all, right? Uh, everyone was yeah. just watching idly. Um, yeah. So I just hate how everything is set up to be this grand moment. Like, and, and this is why I brought it up, because you were talking about the scene with Nemesis and that spider. Everything is set up to be this grand moment. In the middle of the fight, we're finding out why this spider has this child hostage. Right. Right, and we right. still didn't really get an answer for that, right? But yeah. we're figuring out why this battle is happening as it's unfolding, and the magnitude of once again what will I still don't even know what what we're really fighting against or or why. Um, mm-hmm. it once again, uh, just felt like the recruitment drive, right? We just need to we need to get this guy. We need to show them that they they are this person because they can do this. And I still don't have an idea of why Cora is exceptional compared to everyone else around her, right? As far as being able to be in these different uh, combative scenarios and just be completely superior to everyone else. I mean, we get the ch- the idea that she was trained and a part of this at some point, um, but what makes her special, what makes her tick, none of that is ever really given to us um, in a way that makes it feel tangible what it, the way it's given to us is 
I can do this and it's because you now you know I was a part of this when it's like once again what makes her special from everyone else that she could beat everyone's ass this guy that was the biggest threat she could smoke him too and do that same fucking patented arm drag move which is clearly her finisher right um that that fucking arm drag into arm break um what what about her in general makes her special enough to do that when everyone else is quaking in their fucking boots around these people it just doesn't make sense and makes everything fall short but i really did think if they focused really solely on these characters and we never even got to a point of being overthrown here by the time we're coming back and we get there right if we got a full idea of who these people were why they were at the point in their life they were when we met them and then we all end up back where we were. We just fixed the fucking movie, right? We we just we have a redeemable film, uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> that's not what was given to us. I just realized I'm muted. My fault. Um, I <laughs> and even like the ending and Chris, you brought you brought up really a lot of great points too. It was like the ending itself. Like, would it have been cool? I, I think, if anything. The ending should be them coming back, and then they see the entire like villas devastated, or something like something to that effect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They see like a whole villas consumed, um, and the only survivor being that robot. Who, by the way, I started laughing so hard because he saves the girl, runs away, and doesn't appear for the rest of the movie. And about 10 minutes in, I just started laughing hysterically because I'm like, where did this guy go? Yeah. Like, where did he go? And I watched the, there's like a part two preview and he's, I, I'm assuming he's going to be like a more integral character and stuff. But again, like the Chris's point that like the only interesting character is a robot. And ironically, yeah. all the characters in this movie are robots because they're just very dull and Again, it's just like they're 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 just people. Like they're they're not really interesting, and any chance of them being interesting is through backstory. But realistically, and honestly, because I kind of wanted the movie to end, um, I like reached the point where just just keep moving forward because at this point I don't want them to like have a flashback of like, well, years ago my my no my the mother will destroy my home and I'm very angry about it and all that kind of. I was like, no, just move on. At that point, I was just like, I already know what you're going going with. Just keep yeah. moving. And then I think the other thing, too, was is also have probably the the worst editing moment I've ever seen. That was Kai's death. I Yo. literally. <laughs> so I'm not sure if you guys yeah. like were also confused with the way that was cut. Yeah. I had no idea what happened within a two second frame. He shoots. He shoots the trigger. At least I, I doubt he did. Um. And for context, everybody, there is like this sort of like bounty machine that can um that has like this sort of needle needle gun that can sort of like basically instant kill somebody or incapacitate them, uh, if, if the person so desired. And like, I he I'm pretty sure he shot the gun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it cuts to like Kai with the with um the um I, I'm forgetting his name, but the person like holding him at gunpoint. I hear a shot and then it just like cut like it just cut like rapidly. So I was yeah. after that scene happened, like what I'm like, what just happened? You know what I mean? Like I was just like I thought they showed it like rev up as if 
he was going to kill Korra. And then you see him go like that, and then it comes out, and then he turns around, and actually you see it like go to his neck, which is for some reason the signature move of everyone in this movie as well, right? Like, uh, so I don't, I don't know if we got confused about the same reasons, but I, I also was kind of like, how was it that easy versus like what happened? Like, I got a sense of what happened, uh, but what happened wasn't satisfactory either. So, right. okay, well, okay, I mean, so that is, okay, that makes more sense because again, I thought. The, the, that's why I was like confused in that moment because maybe the, I just like looked away for a quick maybe I looked away for a quick second and then I looked back and I was like what happened but the way I interpreted it again was like he for some reason still shot the chair and then grabbed Kai's gun no, like no, no, no. from him but uh, unless I completely misread that scene but again it was just and I, maybe I'll I'll take that criticism back because maybe it was just me literally just spacing out in that moment so no, yeah, it, it was, was that, very weird, but it baby. was that he he took the gun out of the portal, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah swung yeah. it around real fast under Kai's chin to shoot him under the chin. What okay. what was weird about it though was that for some odd reason they didn't want to show his death. They sh- we, we've seen everybody else die. But this one, you just cut away. Yeah, I guess it was wait, what too brutal? This, I assume so. Brutal? Yeah, probably the R rating. Yeah, it would have been the R rating. I, I, I presume. Yeah. Okay, that I makes, know, sense. makes sense. I don't know, Matt. I don't know. That that was. I did find that very weird though, because it made no sense that you hear the 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 gun go off, but you don't see it, and then what you cut to is pandemonium. Like, right, right, right. I, like car sleeping in a chair and then yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. I but I will say this though. Uh, because I've been wanting to talk to you guys about this for a while, and I think it, it, it encompasses this film perfectly, but I I actually went back and watched the entire Mission Impossible series uh from like Thanksgiving beginning of November to around Thanksgiving break. And it's so I could watch the very last one that uh, came out, but I, I, I'm not renting it yet. So, um, but the the common thread that I found that I started seeing with that was what I felt with this film, and it's that I'm starting to wonder if action films are overrated because it seems to be one of those things where action films. I get their purpose, but why is it that we um, give them this pass without, you know, like for not developing a story at all? So, for example, Mission Impossible, right? There is no through line for that series until you get to three and three to four. The only only thing yeah. that you know is that he's he's an IMF. Ethan Hunt is an IMF, and 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 he's a spy. That's pretty much it. There is no through line until you get to three to four where you're talking about his 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 ex-wife. And I'm finding myself with, with like watching that and I'm like, why is it the, the character development isn't there? Why is it that the 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 storyline development isn't the same uh as you would see in a drama or even a thriller, right? I think like those films have great 
development in their story and 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 for their characters and i'm starting to to like when i was watching this film i got bored like i i legitimately got bored watching this because i'm not captivated enough right right and and i i you know i try my best to not look at my phone and stuff like that because i knew we were studying studying this film to discuss it for uh, for this episode but do you guys think that that we are in a time where action films are okay to not have this development or do you think that we need to get to a point where there is still considerable development for these films especially if you're going to have a franchise because especially with rebel moon right rebel moon is is setting it up itself up to be something that could be a three to four part type of a series and if that's the case should it not have a development to it to make you care yeah i'll um i'll put it this way i think i care i care I'd rather there be more development than a movie trying to develop characters and not doing well with it. Um, mm-hmm. An example that I like to use is, is John Wick. Realistically, John Wick as a character is not... He's a memorable protagonist because of his fighting ability uh, and because that franchise lends itself to having... Um, I'm going to... I can't remember his last name, but Chad... Um, um i can't remember his name but i think i think both of you know the the john white director i'm i'm referring to chad um somebody but he um obviously he he's had a very great experience uh working with stunts and then obviously became a director since then so i just think that like it kind of just depends on what your approach is you know I think what frustrated me about this movie is that their attempt at having at development is just do flashbacks or characters explaining things about themselves rather than having them go on some, you know, arc or an arc, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, and also too, I think these days a lot of people don't, I feel like audiences are one of two things. They're desensitized to violence. So I think we're going to see more people open up to R-rated movies. Um, and I, I think a lot of the time studios are so worried about jumping from that PG-13 to R-rated because it's true. It's risky. Obviously, you close off a you know a significant part of the of the movie audience. But at the same time, you know, you know, having more realism, so to speak. And then on the other side, too, I think most of the time they're their impression whether it be writers directors or studios think that hey if we have enough good action sequences in the movie then that can be a substitute for not having a good enough story and that worked a lot of the time a lot of people uh, and myself included depending on the movie right like i all of us go into a movie thinking that was like that was super fun all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day if you were to ask me the name of a movie character like this one you know and by the way, not saying this one had good action sequences, but just like as an example, like I probably couldn't tell you a single of the characters' names, but I had fun watching it. So I think action movies, at, at least at this point in our generation, is just about having fun, you know, uh, more than having like a good story back behind it. But, and to your point, Derek, the great ones, you know, 
the ones that have stood the test of time and the ones that I'm sure are going to keep coming out for years to come are the ones that have, you know, exactly what you said, right? They have the character development, you know, and they have the action sequences to boot so that when we see, you know, our favorite, you know, character going ham, you know, we, you know, we're worried for them, mm-hmm. but we're also having a good time. You know, so right. it's just a matter of striking that balance. And a lot of studios, I think, just don't care about that balance. I think for them, as long as they know they have a good, entertaining enough movie and they make money, for them, they're just going to hire really any screenwriter to, to put those movies together. You know? And, sure. Yeah, and I, I think, think, I think that's the way. I think it's been this way for a while now. Like, I feel like there's a lot of different examples that we can point to of various different movies where it's just clear, right? It's like, hey, but the gun, the gun do be going boom. It, it really does. And when you do it enough <laughs> times, um, it, once again, in their eyes, now the the movie is redeemable. But um, to, to speak a little bit of what you said, Matt, I feel like uh, the films where you can watch uh, and take out those action sequences and watch the rest of the build, right? I, I, a great example of this, in my opinion, although it's not an action movie or build as an action movie, is The Godfather, right? Like all the moments that led to those pinnacle moments <laughs> made that actual moment of action interesting and compelling to watch. If you are not getting to that place and then we end up just fighting, okay, well, it... It's gonna look cool, right? You're you're spending enough money to make it look cool. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I find generally, I've recently, um, honestly, I haven't even really been a fan of or watched all the John Wick movies because of that same exact reason. And I just think action movies in general have been going down this path for the last, I don't know, five, six years, in my opinion, where uh, the the substance is the fun, uh, when in reality, it's like what makes the fun of those movies so fun is when it's actually rewarding in that way. Uh, this kind of just felt like on top of um, us having so many different questions about what's going on. Once we got to the action, it's like, Oh, this is the part that's supposed to be good. And this shit sucks. Like <laughs> with all right, due respect, right. <laughs> once again, when, when multiple people hit the same finisher of I'm going to grab this gun and put it underneath your neck, like, yeah. At a certain point, once the once it happens for the third time, it's like, okay, well, is this the militia's signature fucking move? Like, is this mm-hmm. the, the way you are taught mm-hmm. to fight? Uh, I don't get it. Uh, but, yeah, be better, yeah. you guys. Make us care. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. Like, I think, I think there are, <clears throat> excuse me, great examples of action films that have a through line, that have a great development in their characters. So, for example, The Town. That one was amazing. Um, I would even go as far as to say the 007 films, uh, Daniel Craig, Daniel, Daniel Craig's uh, uh, iteration. I thought the development and the connection for all of those films, <clears throat> excuse me, was there. I, I, I think it's possible to do action films with development and uh, 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 a great storyline and still give us that action. I don't think you have to mm-hmm. uh, sacrifice story for action. Because like you can see plenty of examples of how that's done. Um, um, Marvel, before this phase, did it exceptionally well. Um, I think you see that with uh, video games. Talk about The Last of Us, right? You, you see a lot of action in that game. 
but the story is there and makes you care mm-hmm. about those characters and care care like what happens to them. And then like if something if they were to die, it's like oh my god, right? So like I think there are I think you can do it without sacrificing. I just think that they like a lot of producers uh, or studios or directors just do not care. And I felt like with this film. It was like that as well, where it was just like Zack Snyder just did not care. I don't want to hear another thing about about another cut from him. Right. Right. Like, put out what you what you want to put out. Like, if the R-rated version of this movie was what he initially wanted to put out, put that out. Why are you like putting out what you can't like what, what you don't want to put out? Right, so if there was an, a, there was an issue with DC for the the, uh, the Snyder cut of Justice League, get it? They're overbearing, right? DC mm. was the, DC was overbearing in that situation. But you're gonna sit here and tell me that Netflix was trying to do the exact same thing with you? <laughs> Look at all the films that Netflix produces. Are you gonna sit here and tell me that they did <laughs> not do an action film the way you wanted to do it? Look at Extraction as an example. The first one, the second one was trash. But the first one was amazing. Yeah, uh, like, Sicario is so a good good example. Sicario too. is another example. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why? Why is it that 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 we have to go down? We have to accept this template of action being like just this this uh, one dimensional story. I, I I'm not buying that. I'm not buying yeah. that. And and I think like as an audience. We shouldn't support films like that. I think as an audience, we shouldn't support filmmakers like that. Because if that's what you're going to do, then it's just you're just wanting to get money, which this is a business, right? Get it. Mm-hmm. But you should want us to want to more. Like if you make me want more of your story, I'm automatically going to spend my money to go see your work. Like that's not even a question. Jordan Peele did that, right? Now this last movie, I just I don't know what the hell that was, but you know, but with his first two movies, it made me want to go see his movies. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, okay, if I see his name attached to a project, automatically I'm watching it. It's not even it's not even a question, right? So I think we just have to like filmmakers as as a whole have to stop with this laziness, um, especially when you felt like during the strike that this could possibly be taken away from you or you're not going to be able to do what you want like what you love to do for a long time what like i think that that should be a jump start to say hey all right let's put our all into this let's not be lazy with this do what you want to do but do it like you actually care about it not that you're trying to just get the money from from your projects and like what they're what they're going to make in a box office and and winning awards and stuff like that, that shouldn't be the the only thing you're thinking about. You should actually put out a product that people care about. You know what I'm saying? So like I I just I just hope that filmmakers, any filmmaker that's actually watching this, thinks about that when they're going ahead and and producing something because the next generation of filmmakers coming up, if they look at something like this, they see this template, and they're saying, okay, we don't really have to develop anything. We just have to sh- we just have to show a couple of scenes where people are fighting, shooting, and we've got we've got a, a box office hit. That's lazy as hell, man. 
I, like, mm-hmm. and I, that's the one thing I would love for us to get away from as filmmakers. Get away from that way of thinking. Like, only thinking about the money? I, 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 you know, I thought we got, we all got into this kind of thing about for the, for the art of it, the love of the art itself. And, and, and development is a part of that. Story development, character development is a part of that. It's not just about shooting an act, action sequence. I, I, I know there's uh, Heat, the 1990, I think, four film with Robert De Niro and Val Kilmer, uh, Al Pacino. That had amazing action sequences. But guess what? Had a great story. Collateral as well. Collateral as well. Mm-hmm. It's not like this is a foreign thing. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Sorry, and you I would think, like rant, you said, no, you no, would think, no, no, no. You would think that would be the the first and foremost thought because at the end of the day, like you said, you're telling a story, right? So the, you want yeah. the story you're telling to be good. Uh, yes, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, and I think it's only appropriate that we segue from that to giving our star ratings because um, I know I've been lenient, uh, but yeah, there, there is, there's not many redeeming qualities on this film, and um, even the ones that I was reaching for uh, don't make this a high one. So out of our five, I'm going to be giving a two and a half real issues. Um, and and I like this more than any of you guys. Um, <laughs> but my my reason for, for giving it a two and a half is I think I'm interested in seeing the second film. I think if we see the extended cut and maybe there is where the story is. <laughs> maybe, maybe all of it got stripped away here and that's why we couldn't watch it. Uh, but not at all am I excited or interested in watching an extended cut after watching this. Um, but... I think as far as the eye candy goes, right? I I thought it was compelling to a certain extent. And I think there are some things that were set up for part two that I think I would be looking forward to getting answers to. Um, I know you guys probably aren't going to agree, but I go two and a half. How you feeling? Derek, you want to go? You want to go first? Oh, all right. Um, I'll I'll give it a one. I'll give it a one. (laughs) Uh, it, it, there's nothing about this film that that made me like want to see it again, and that's another thing too. Like replay value, is there replay value with this movie? I don't see no. it. No, no. So I'm good on it. Yeah. Um. Five, right, Matt? Five. <laughs> yeah. Um, five, five out of five for wasting my two and a half hour uh life. Uh, Not gonna get that in my life. Um, no, I think I'm probably I'm at a two. I think I'll put it this way: I think this movie accomplished one thing, and it was it being the worst movie I've seen in 2024. And funnily enough, this is the first movie I've seen in 2024. So I think honestly, the bar can only be higher. So, if anything, I actually think watch like in hindsight, I'm actually grateful to all watch this movie because now I can look forward to ones that are better. Obviously, no disrespect to Zack Snyder or anything, but you know, it's just wasn't wasn't um a great experience. And if there's one thing I do want to touch on real real briefly, it was the visual effects. Uh, they were not good either, and that was I was 
very close to, to going lower on the score because of it, but I think we'll um we'll end it there. We'll, we'll end it there. We'll end it there. I love how <laughs> as this show goes on, we all agree that there's more things we could sit here and bitch and moan about. Like legitimately, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that we haven't even really scratched the surface on <laughs> that bothers me, uh, even now. But <laughs> done. I think it's clear we are all on the same page on this one. I think we need to consider two. whether or not. Yeah, no, no. I was gonna say we need to consider whether or not part two is actually a feature on the show, or maybe we <laughs> do like a, maybe we do like an honorable mention feature uh, presentation, right? That's like, yeah. I will. Um, it's long. We'll do our two-hour director's cut. Hey, hey. <laughs> first one sucked, but this one sucked even more. Our director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. But yeah. I gotta say, if there's anything positive after all of these bad tastes left in our mouths, it's that we are starting 2024 off on the right foot, goddammit. It's great to be back with my guys on Realish and suck that we started with this movie, but <laughs> we're gonna be coming to you guys with quality uh analysis and thoughts on all of these different films that we're going to be watching either retrospectively or as they come out in 2024. So make sure you're locked in, make sure you're tuned in on all the platforms as we mentioned earlier, so that you get a firm idea, right. Of where we're going to continue to head for realish for the rest of the year. This was a fun introduction to our 2024 year and it's only going to get bigger and better. So make sure once again, that you're following us at OTS media on OTS media. Co on YouTube, and most importantly, right, make sure that you look forward to all the awesome things we've got coming at OTS. Uh, but Realish is going to be in for a big year. This guy, you guys, I'm really excited uh, to continue breaking down a lot of different feature presentations this year and looking forward into the future. So, before we get out of here, guys, we're going to go around once again, just remind the people where they can find you and if there's any closing remarks you have why don't you tell us matt sure um it's gonna be matt underscore t29 over on instagram uh derek i promise one of these days i will make the move to facebook um, he's heard this many but times I, but me. i'm not gonna tell you when i'm just gonna <laughs> announce it and then you be like really um but yeah i think like so grateful to be back with you guys man um, and obviously very grateful to to the viewers that we have for for showing us the love and support um for i think the past two years now we, we we've been at it we've been doing this and i think it's really great to get back to the swinging things again I, I love you guys so much man and I'm, I'm just grateful to for you to be part of my lives not only you know doing this but just you know uh, being the guys that you are man and you know um i look forward to to another great year um it's gonna be really really great um, especially with all the movies coming up, but also just great, and you know, getting a chance to share this experience. You know, I feel like this is the once in a lifetime experience to do, and you know, I, I don't take it for granted. So I appreciate you guys so much. Look at Matt trying to get us all emotional. God damn it, Derek! Love wanna... <laughs> yeah, I love you guys yeah. always. Never yeah, forget yes. it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So okay, um, uh, you can follow me at Derek underscore OTS. That's D E R R I C K. The black way to spell it. Um. I want to say I want you guys to be on the lookout. Um, pay attention to the OTS page. We have an announcement that's coming out um, pretty soon that I'm excited to share with you guys. So um, please, uh, like Chris said, follow at OTS Media Co. All social media platforms and OTS Media on YouTube. 
uh, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and the notification bell. Uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be uh, announcing something that is um, that's been in the works for a little bit, and I am looking forward to sharing that with you all. So please be tuned in for that. Hey, he got me pumped because I don't even know what he's tipping his hand at, man. So I'm excited. I got something to look forward to. Uh, make sure that you're following me at Negrong MMA on TikTok, as well as uh, the site formerly known as Twitter, now known as X. Uh, you can also find me as well on Instagram at Chris Negrong underscore. And yeah, just reach out like Matt was saying. We're really appreciative of you guys and all of your thoughts, right? So we're really excited to see how we can better serve you, right? If there's something that you want out of these episodes, there's something you're interested in, please let us know. We would love to cover those things. And I'm sure we have a lot of, once again, retrospective uh, films and or TV shows that we're going to be looking at throughout this year on top of new stuff so there's just always always something to talk about here on realish but with all that being said my popcorn's done i don't know about you guys i hope you guys all have a great night and we will catch you guys very soon with a good movie peace peace